We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network is sponsored by Ticketmaster, official marketplace of the NFL. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood, South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination. Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Chevron with Tecron, Chevron, together ahead. Totino's Pizza Rolls. Take home gating to the next level. It's Totino's or game over. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show brought to you by the Palm Beaches. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead. We're going to have Tua Tungavailoa here in just a little bit in his post-game press conference. But first, guys, I want to go back and talk about a player whose name we have not mentioned yet in the show because I thought he was fantastic once again, continues to make big strides in his rookie season. He did get beat for a touchdown that we can talk about. And, Juice, I want to hear your yeah. take on that Russell Gage touchdown. But Javon Holland... This guy flies all over the football field. He lays the lumber. He's in the box. He's in the post playing the deep safety juice. This guy can go, man. Yeah, I love Javon. He's uh, he actually playing really, really well. Nice little sack today or force, uh, you know, pressure on, on, on Matt Ryan, man. And he's, you know, he's getting better. You know, we talked about before why we weren't able to do a lot of the exotic stuff before because we have a rookie back there, man, in the center field for us. But I think now they're starting to get more comfortable with it. It seems like he's more comfortable with it, making the calls back there, getting us in the right situations. And also it's nice to have X and Byron back out there as well to be able to do certain things. And he knows what those guys are going to do and make sure the guys on the inside are taken care of. Big pops today, big hit. You know, I saw the big hit on the receiver today. That was clean. You know, it wasn't to the helmet, wasn't in the kneecap, hit him right in the gut. And it, it was that hurt. a fumble? I didn't see a, I didn't see a quote unquote air quotes as Travis does. <laughs> I didn't I didn't <laughs> see a, I didn't see a, <laughs> Travis Wingfield air quotes. <laughs> I didn't see a football move, you know, and that's why you know yeah. I, I know he got two down. But, you know, when they talk about a football move, I thought it should have been a fumble. Two feet down used to be the call, but you know, with no football move, I guess it's legit. But what a great pop right there. You know, you talk about a little bit you alluded to the touchdown over the top. X had the guy over the top, and Matt Ryan placed it over over Javon's head. And, um, you know, he placed it over Javon's head, and I thought that, 
you know, Javon just out of position right there, you know, and that's that's a rookie mistake right there. You got to be the deepest, the deepest man, obviously, and you've got to be able to, you know, help X men out, especially in the middle of football. Well, this is a tough offense to contend with, right? And we talk yeah. about what Kyle Pitts did, Cordell Patterson. That, that guy's a revelation as far as what he does. A running back, receiver, does a little bit of everything. But Seth, something you you, you talked about, John Kenjemi and I, and you kind of having conversations about the course of this game. Lots of zone defense today for this Dolphins team, and you had also referenced a Brian Flores comment earlier. I want to go back to another Brian Flores comment that really continues to come back in my mind today because he had said earlier, this is, I think, after the Buffalo Bills game or maybe before it, because last year, you know, they ran all those crossing routes and destroyed us with man beaters because we play so much man coverage, right? Well, today I was curious how they would play this going in because Kyle Pitts is, as you saw, unstoppable. Calvin Ridley's a hell of a receiver, and Cordell Patterson is so unique in what he does. And we saw lots of zone coverage today. And going back to what Flo said back in week two, he said, you have to play to your opponent, but eventually you want to do what you do well. And this team's identity, and we saw it kind of take lose its shape last week without Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Right. This team's identity is its cornerbacks, its man coverage, its play good coverage and pressure with pressure that gets home, and that's how it all comes together. That's how it works. In this game today, lots of zone coverage. you think they're going away from what their idea is on defense or as a team? I, you know, I'm not the X's and O's guy, Travis. But I've got to get you in here, Big Doug. <laughs> you can get me in. Of course, you pull me in in that and start, to, you know, discussing coverages. But there were two things that I thought were uh, – that stood out in that conversation that we had. One, I was wondering, last week we didn't have Jones or Xavier Howard, and they were injured. And those guys were on the injury report again this week, but then they were active. So – I don't know how much is, is, is some of that zone coverage there to, to maybe help those guys out a little bit because if they're not at 100%, it's tough to play man the entire game, especially against the receiving core like what Atlanta's bringing to the table. So that was one of the questions I had. And I know that, you know, John was talking about that, that, that it's great to have man coverage and play press and all those things, but it's got to be matched by pressure. And if your pressure throughout the season is at this point, there was more pressure today, but they weren't having that pressure. And so it was a little bit scary to go uh, to, to play that much man coverage if you can't get the pressure up front. We saw it late. Yeah. It didn't come on early, but we did see it late, Juice. What, where do you come in on this as far as how this defense wants to play this? Because last week we understood it, right? With with Noah Ibnogany kind of getting his feet wet for the 2021 season, Justin Coleman, Nick Needham kind of taking turns there. Today you had the whole compliment, and we saw more of the same. So what's your take on that? Yeah, I think there are different styles of, you know, there's always some concept of man in every defense you play. You know, it could be covered three or four, but, you know, when somebody's in your area, you pretty much got a man-to-man anyways. And I think that what, what Atlanta brought uniquely to them, to the Dolphins, it, it required a little bit more maybe zone defense. Um, I didn't think they had other than Pitts, you know, and really, of course, the, the local kid go out there and make some plays for you. But I think they felt better of zoning up and then be able to at times even put double coverage on, on guys. And you saw, you know, Matt Ryan fit some in there. So, it, like it is, it is week-to-week situation. We're going to get killed, and that's what we do all the time, playing that man-to-man, those crossers and picks, play against New England, Buffalo. That's all they do all, all game long against us. But I don't know if that was Atlanta's uh, – their, their M.O. in terms of – they like to get vertical, and I think when you're going vertical, you still have the man-to-man concept, yeah, sure but you need to have the help, you know, from your safety or somebody on the other side. And their answer or their, their response to Kyle Pitts was a, a variation of guys. You talked about zone coverage. I saw one play where they trailed him and had help over the top and mm-hmm. just bracketed him. I saw Eric Rowe match up on him. I saw Jason McCourty match up on him. I saw Xavier Howard match up on Kyle Pitts today. When you're a receiver, and I'm, I'm calling Pitts a – 
he's not a tight end. I'm never going to call him that again. He's a wide out who can condense inside and block inside. When you're a receiver and you see, or even the quarterback or the play caller, when you see a defense adjusting to one guy like that, we have to find an answer for this guy. Who do you, like, how do you typically approach that as a play caller? Do you think we can adjust from this and go away from it? We keep going at it. What's your sense on that? Yeah, I think, I mean, as a, as, as a play caller, and, and I've got Kyle Pitts, I don't, I don't care who you got on. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, Big Seth, we, we always allude and go back to, um, you know, the ball ups at my house, basketball games. And this guy, Mark Dixon, we talk about. Yep, yep. You, know, you, you put a big man on him, you know, he's too fast for him. You put a little guy on him, he's too strong for him. And I think that Kyle Pitts creates that nightmare for a safety, 1,000% for linebackers. If you got a corner, he might be in great coverage like X was and the perfect ball through a six six guy that, you know, plays over the outside shoulder that can run. He's a nightmare for anybody put out there. So as a, as a coordinator, I don't care who you put on him. You might have to, as a defense coordinator, you might have to put two guys on him. But as an offense coordinator, I'm going to find so many different ways to get the ball in the pitch's hands, and that's what they did today. And when you flip that around and look at this Dolphins offense, who's the guy that you would do that to? I mean, is there, is there a guy in this offense that you'd want to minimize and take away? Because when you have that many options, it becomes more difficult. And I think we both, all three of us probably agree that both Waddle and Gasicki are pretty damn good players, right? Well, and week yeah. after week, that's who it is, right? Yeah. I mean, those are the yeah. guys that are leading the team week after week. Well, so, for me, when it comes to Waddle, if I'm playing against the Dolphins, I'm not worried about him going deep. Yeah. I'm going to let him catch underneath and make sure he doesn't make me miss. You know, i got two or three guys around the ball, give him four, five, eight yards on the reception, and then we just tackle him, you know. And you're not yeah. saying that because of his ability. You're saying that's how he's being that's utilized. That's how I scout him. He exactly still makes right. a miss in exactly those short right. areas. He right. will, but it's, you know, they when the rest of Calvary comes, though, you know. They, we haven't seen him be able to break out and bust one because, you know, with that speed – you know, you get some of these guys with that speed, they make one guy miss, they can take it to the house. When it comes to our guy, especially what I see all the time, he's working his way back to the quarterback, mm-hmm. working his right. way to his sideline. He's got to get it and get going again. Or he's got to come back and then start going. By that time, everybody's there. The league is so fast, and all these guys on defense are so fast. If you've got to start and stop at any time on offense, you're in trouble. You really are. And so I like, again – to get him going vertical and some, maybe some slants, quick takeoffs or whatever, so he doesn't have to stop and start. When he can just get the ball and outrun some guys. And yeah, I will say we're starting to see a little bit more of that, though. I mean, he they stretched the field a little bit more with him today. He averaged yeah. almost 12 yards of reception as opposed to, you know, when you're seeing where he's getting four or five yards of reception, which clearly is not an indicator of his speed or skill set but it's the way he's being utilized. Yeah, it was actually receiver production instead of running back receiving production right. for the right. first time in, in weeks, it seems like. And, <laughs> right. you know, you talk about we talk about man versus zone coverage. One point that I wanted to make on this on this postgame show that I saw today was the Falcons play a lot of man coverage in this game, and that was the reason why when you saw Tua break the pocket and he started to approach the line, there was room for him to run because everybody's bailing out, getting deep on that man coverage because they're, they're focusing on their man. They're not playing the quarterback. And so when you have that, you can obviously run waddle vertical, right? But what else you can do, Juice, and I, I know you'd agree with me on this, is you can run the those crossing routes where he gets out on the backside of the formation and those guys are cleared out and then all of a sudden you've got space to run for days, right? Right, right. That's that's always nice, man. You get some guys. But see, here's the thing about them. Who are your clear out guys? Yeah. You know, your clear out guys got to be guys that can burn out of there and take your corner and safety with you, you know, and then give that guy to look underneath. But we don't really have that type of clear out guy. It's Will you know, Fuller and Devontae Parker. Exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly right. And you'd like to see those two on one side take a couple with them and then bring, you know, bring – Waddle cross underneath, you know, on two different levels. You can bring Gasicki on a higher level, Waddle on a lower level, or vice versa, you know, and give yourself those opportunities until we get some clear-out guys out there. And we – I think I, – I keep bringing up Priest because we're sitting there watching the game together. They, they were within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage their safeties were. 
They weren't worried about us going by him. Whereas you look at Javon Holland, you can barely see him on the on the all twenty two. You probably see all twenty one, you know, because the tape he's so deep. Because we have to worry about the vertical threats. Nobody's worried about our vertical threat right now. To me, that's the next step for this offense: find the vertical element, and then we can really see the kind of tar- start to take off and hopefully get some guys back as well. Get your new Volvo at Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars Coconut Creek or online at GuntherVolvoCars.net for car buying done your way. You got to get to Gunther again. The final score from Hard Rock Stadium: Falcons thirty, Dolphins twenty eight. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. The season is here and so is your chance to experience the thrilling Dolphins football live and in the stands. And as the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has got you covered with the largest selection of seats for any ticketing marketplace. Don't miss any of the action. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Earlier we heard from head coach Brian Flores. Now we have quarterback Tua Tungavailoa at the postgame press conference. It was covered to um, miscommunication with me and uh, Durham, and you know I take full responsibility for them. How do you, how do you uh, judge your day? You had four touchdown passes, some big plays, some both ways, really. I mean. Yeah, um, you know I, I, I think uh, the margin for error is slim in this league. Uh, that's kind of what Flo's been telling us this entire week, and. You know, I think we had many opportunities, uh, you know, to, to get good drives going. Uh, you know, we just didn't make use of those opportunities, you know, that the defense gave us. And, and what was the week like for you? Obviously, there's a lot swirling around out there. Yeah, I mean, it was a normal week for me. Um, I mean, I, I approach this game the same way I approach any other game, so. About trade rumors, that doesn't necessarily seem like a normal week, even though it's kind of been consistent all season. Yeah, I would say it still is a normal week. The only thing is, um, you know, I, I really respect and appreciate his transparency, um, you know, with where he's at with that. Um, but, you know, within our conversations, I like to keep those private too, so. But is it, you're human, isn't it challenging, tough to, to block that out? Uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, kind of how I answered Omar's question. You know, I, you know, I respect, you know, what Flo does, and, you know, he's, he's transparent. You know, he, he sits me down. He tells me what's going on. Um, he has, you know, conversations with Greer, and he kind of keeps me in the loop with all of those things. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, I hear it, but uh, I'm not really f- focused on that. So There also was a, a challenging moment in the game when you guys got the takeaway, then you had the interception where you yourself and the team could have gotten down, and yet you didn't. You brought them back and, and had the lead. Um, how challenging was it to, to go through that period, and, and how were you able to bring the team back? I think it's challenging uh, you know, for any team to, to be down by, by two touchdowns and you know, having to rally the troops to go back out there and you know, continue to fight their butts off. And, and continue to play. You know, we had a lot. We had a lot of time in the fourth quarter. Obviously, um, you know that that second interception wasn't what we wanted off of an interception that the defense gave us. Um, you know, but I think that's just you know the testament to the kind of guys we have in the locker room. You know, grit, fight. You know, and and finish. So. actually broke a tackle and you gained the first down. If you recall that run, I'm wondering what was going through your, your mind on that particular play? 
I was just trying to get a first down on that. Um, you know, we, we had Albert Wilson also open on that play. Um, I couldn't see him, so I tried to maneuver my way throughout the pocket. You know, I think the, the O-line did a, a really good job today. Um, you know, and I, I was able to step up, make some plays with my, my feet, and, you know, also make, my play, make some plays, you know, on the run, you know, throwing the ball too, so. So you guys last season had a lot of magic mojo, ability to finish games. Uh, this season, that just has not been the case. How do you get back to that? Well, I think, you know, what, what we got to do is continue to, to work. I, I don't see any other way that, that you look at that. Um, I don't think there's a secret recipe for, um, you know, wins. It's just the margin for error is slim, you know, and my two turnovers, the amount of penalties that we've had in this game, uh, you know, that just doesn't do it. So we just got to continue to work on those things and you know, move on from that. So how would you gauge your progression, your growth since coming to the NFL, and what do you feel like you still need to work on to improve and have success? Well, um, you know, being a second year, you know, player, um, like I've said before, I wish I knew the things I knew and when I was a rookie and, you know, my second year, I know a lot more, but I'm continuing to learn and, um, you know, this is just uh, an opportunity for us to come in tomorrow to work and, uh, you know, learn from the mistakes that we made today. making sure that guys are keeping their head up, but also letting them know, hey, I feel your pain. I want to win too. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's, everyone's here for a reason. Everyone, you know, they're, they're all professionals. They're all really good at their position. Um, but you know, I, I would say we just got to continue to work. It, it's tough right now, but, you know, we got to learn from a lot of the mistakes that we've made today. words to you or support or can you share any of what? yeah it, it's always support from Dan um, and then you know there's just other things you know that that we've kind of talked about that you know I I want to keep private so yeah well I hear it you know I, I I do hear it the thing is I you know I, I just don't listen to it you know that that's the thing um but yeah that's that so i found this one very interesting guys the way he spoke with with brevity and talked about some of those private conversations talking about hearing the trade rumors and just not listening to it but we'll get to that here in a second maybe we come back on the other side of the of the break here and talk more about this but i want to start here because we t we've talked at length about the interceptions and you know those two interceptions, the Dolphins were in position to score either touchdowns or field goals on both those potential drives, and the Falcons get three and seven, so it's at least a 10-point swing, if not 16 at the minimum, maybe even 24 juice. We're talking about a lot of points that went back and forth on those picks and the ensuing returns and, and drives to the Falcons because the Falcons went down the field quickly after the pick in the end zone. But you heard two of there on the interception in the end zone. The cover two, which we, we all saw, we, we could tell the safeties over the top, the underneath defender kind of rolled back, and there was a linebacker who carried that route as well. He said miscommunication with me and Durham and I take full responsibility what does that really mean Juice? It means that Durham probably ran the wrong route in that situation and I'm looking at it I saw my boy my boy Howitz put up a nice little video that I got a chance to look at here and I'm, when I'm reading cover two and I'm in that position if I'm Durham Smythe I don't take the corner I take the middle 
right there. And I think that's what two was anticipating, and he still tried to force it in there. If Durham takes the middle, which we, you never know when it, when it plays like that, you got two men, you know, and you got guys in the slot. You don't know who gets the option to take the middle. But it seems to me that Durham gets the option to take the middle where the other guy probably has to run more of the seven route. And when I'm looking at right here, I see an anticipation in two men that Durham Spice should have gone to the middle, and that would have been an easy touchdown. But, Juice, at, at that point, because he didn't take the middle. Correct. So should the ball go elsewhere? Can't throw it at all. Yep. Got to eat it right there. You know, so that's the bigger problem. Not that there was miscommunication, that he – continued on with the bad communication and the bad decision-making to make that, that play right there. So, you know, right there, you should eat it. Throw it out of the off. end zone yeah. or do something, right? Well, honestly, you, you probably tuck and run. If it's two man, it's like we talked about before, man coverage, you got a lot of guys that are backs to you, you know. If he doesn't go where you think he's going to go, tuck it, run, get your four or five, and tear it up again. You know, he talked a little bit there about the margin for error being slim and, and – we, we've talked a lot about, I've certainly talked a lot about how impressed I was by a lot of the things he did today, but at the end of the day, and I'm not usually crazy about that statement, but at the end of the day, his mistakes that he made led to the biggest point swings in this game, and that was, without question. it put them in position to have to make the comeback they did, which good for them, but he also put them in that position, and something I was told when I made a mistake recently around the office was that, you know, <laughs> Flo always tells the guys, my bads lead to losses, and so I was I was given that little <laughs> that breakdown there. I thought it was a great, a great point, and I think that's kind of what Tua was getting at there, Seth, talking about the slim margin of error. Flo's been telling us that all week. I have to imagine he's out there saying, you know, Austin Jackson misses a block, that's a my bad. Tua makes a bad throw, that's a my bad, so seems like they're kind of well aware of the situation now six weeks in a row, just can't quite get it to come together. Yeah, I can handle a my bad, like I missed you. That, you know, you were open juice and I missed you. I'm going to come back on the next one. But turnovers in the red zone, right. that's more than a my bad. But here's why I'm so conflicted about Tua, guys, is that, you know, you talked about it earlier, Travis. This is his 13th NFL start. Now, durability was one of the questions. So, so that is something that can't be ignored. Yes, he missed three games. I hate to say – the guy's not durable because his ribs broke. You know, if a guy's got a hamstring and can't play, then that then I start questioning durability and how much does a guy want it. He went out there. He was he was running when he needed to run. I thought Tua tried to pick up some tough yardage. Still coming off of that injury, he's playing through it. The guy plays physical. He gives you everything he's got, and we keep saying though it's those one or two mistakes that he makes, but they're big mistakes. But at the same time, you come back in the fourth quarter and you lead the team to two touchdown drives. Right. I mean, this was a chance for Tua with four, a four-TD day and two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter overcoming a 13-point deficit. This was supposed to be the day you celebrate yeah. Tua. This was supposed to be the day. We heard all those questions about trade rumors afterwards, which, gosh, you hate for a young kid to have to answer those questions in a postgame. Big boy league, man. It, it is. It's a big boy it, league, It absolutely bro. is. But what I'm saying is, is that how much better would it have been for him if, if they're able to hold that at the end. And so I know those my bads, he really is kicking himself over those my bads because if he doesn't have those two turnovers, it's a whole oh different goodness. game. It, it's, it's a, a whole way game. different and, game. And I'm not saying, oh, if you take out uh, – this isn't the Tom Oliver daddy. If it wasn't for those two 80-yard <laughs> runs, then we would have right. defense would have played a great game. I've right. gone old school today <laughs> twice, haven't I? But my, my point is you, you absolutely have to take those into, into account. But that's why I'm so conflicted with Tua right now because he showed you so many things that, that are promising and that are exactly why you draft him with the number five overall pick, Juice. Yeah. But golly, man, just, just well, you can't golly turn the ball is over. Right. That's right. And, and not only that, but the, the, the ball. Both of them turn into points. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, a lot that's of points. A lot of points the other way. Block field goal turn into points. You know, those my bads, 
you know, turn into a lot of points the other way. And that's like, you're right, you're right. Turns into losses, man. So, you know, the numbers always, they can look a little, they can look a little funny. You know, you see the four touchdowns, you see the two. What if the two interceptions were in the first quarter? You know what I mean? We wouldn't be talking oh, we, about We don't throw interceptions in the first quarter. We're, we're, we're dominant in the yeah, first quarter. Yeah, we kick butt in the first quarter. The issue is the second quarter. It's all That's about timing, bro. I'm telling you, it is about timing. About but, timing. again, it is about timing. And despite anything that happened, Juice, you've played in games where Danny threw to we, – we talked about the classic game, right, when he played the, the fake spike play. Yeah. We have three interceptions in the first half. Yeah. So that's fine. You have to have that short-term memory. He did. You're down 13 points. Your team needs you to put them on your back and carry them up and down the field. He scores four. You know, you get two touchdowns there. So so that's exciting. That's what you want. You want to know that your quarterback can do that. But, dang it, it's not paying off with a win at the end. And I think that's why you heard the tone that you heard from both Tua and Coach Flores. Yeah, you talked about timing. Speaking of timing, we have to get to a break real I quick, guys. I, I, I want to come back and, and go back to this because more Tua reaction juice. I want to dive back into the big boy league comment and talk more about that. Plenty of post-game analysis coming your way. Get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars Delray Beach or online at GuntherVolvo.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Falcons 30, Dolphins 28. You're listening to the fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami Dolphins. Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. It's time for Dolphins football parties. Take home game to the next level with hot and delicious Totino's pizza rolls. And guys, I want to pick it right back up where we left off at the end of that last segment there because we were starting to get cranking there and we had to go to the break. But I want to go back into Tua's press conference here because there was so much meat on the bone that we didn't quite cover yet. Juice talked about the big boy league and the idea of all these trade rumors. I mean, here we are. Seth, he talked about a game 13 and he's at the press conference post game after a gut-wrenching gut loss and a great performance, and he's talking about outside noise. And, and Juice, I don't want to you know go into the rumors or anything like that, but I want to ask you about, as a player, in the big boy league mentality, distractions. Like, where do they actually come into play? Where do they actually start to impact a team or a player? Just from your perspective, can you give us some insight on that? Yeah, well, you know, think about it, man. It's, it's a, I play in a different world when it comes to the outside distractions. You know, when it comes to social media and the Twitter and all that stuff, you know, it wasn't as uh, prevalent when when I was playing. And big, you know, that's a big word like mayonnaise, prevalent. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's tough. It really is tough. But these guys have to have, but the, you know, thick skin because think about it. Tua played at the highest level of football. I can only imagine the pressure he had playing, you know, at Bama, playing for Nick Saban, and all the big games he had to play in. And all the different situations, the guys coming in, the Jalen Hurts being here at one point, you know, and him taking this place. There's all kinds of op- all, all kinds of times when there's a, a lot of outside noise and a lot of outside pressure. And so when you get to this level, it doesn't change. It's just it's just ramped up a little bit. But they've been in those situations before. He didn't go to some small college, you know, that's in you know Central Ohio somewhere, you know. So I I, I get it, and I think what what most players should do when they hear the outside noise and it's about them is ramp up their preparation, ramp up their, you know, their their week of getting ready for a game, and then ramp up their game play. And I think that, too, has done that. The two picks, yeah, they're terrible. Pick last week, whatever, or whatever happened last week, you know, not good stuff. But at the same time, though, we, I see I'm, – I'm seeing an impressive tour myself. I, I'm seeing some really good things. But when you make big mistakes, all the other stuff you did does not matter. It really doesn't matter, man. So be a big boy, you know. I'm reading stuff right now. Quarterback is not our problem right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. 
I'll repeat myself. Quarterback is not the Dolphins' problem right now. Up front, we're having some trouble. Defense having trouble making some stops. And wide receivers are not being on the field or not making plays and they get opportunity. Quarterback's not our issue right now. So is today, and Seth, this question posed to you as well. We, I want you guys to both weigh in. Is today what you saw last week, what you've seen over the culmination of his 13 starts and where he's grown? And, and I mean, I, I really think the last couple of games we've seen a, a better version of what Tua was last season even coming off that hip injury is what you're seeing and the growth and the trajectory and that you know you talk about big big boy football that fourth quarter is about as big as it gets yeah. is that enough for you to say all right let's build around this guy and make it better because there have been breakdowns on the offensive line there's been drop passes on the receiving core the lowest rushing total in the league is this a guy that you look at and say with what he's doing right now if I put better pieces around him and, and really give him a chance we can go win a, a bunch of football games you're asking me or you're asking I'm asking Goose? anybody that wants to jump in. Uh, I mean, that's – I'd like to question. believe that's what it is. That is the magic question. And I feel like that's what they attempted to do coming into this season. But if guys aren't out on the field yep. uh, or guys are underperforming or regressing, then it's hard to truly know what you have. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's, that's where Will Fuller having four catches for 26 yards comes big into play. $10 million receiver in the offseason. And this was a free agent crop that we looked at. You know, Kenny Galladay's name was in the mix there. Curtis Samuel was a possible option. You wind up with Will Fuller, who, when he's healthy, when he's played in his career, has been one of the best big play receivers and just pure best one-on-one -on -one matchup winners in the league. He's not been out there. So I, I just wonder, Juice, like, because what is the rest of the season going to be about? At one and six, I mean, you're still alive technically, but... You know, it's tough for right. fans to get behind the idea of a playoff push. I just want to know what should you be looking at because right now with a quarterback playing the way he did today and, and last week, minus the, you know the mistakes and everything, I, I guess you can't say that. I know, Seth. Right. I, I know. Yeah, right. so, it has right. to be factored into the equation. It definitely, you're right. It does. But it just is that is that something that kind of gives you like, okay, this is what I want to see the rest of the way is because if at the end of the day, if all this season gives you is an answer at quarterback, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah. Well, I think what Tua's is doing is he's making a young quarterback mistake. He's mm. making young a quarterback that, that's his age that hasn't played a full season yet, technically in terms of you know the number of games he started, is making those type of mistakes. He's making them late. Um, like even last week in Jacksonville, you know, big mistake that he made. But at the same time, you know, I feel and to answer the question that you'd ask Big Seth, I think we do have something we can build from here. We, we do have something we can build on here. And you do have to always, 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 if you get you a quarterback you like, you got to start su surrounding with players and guys that can make him better. You know, he's going to make some guys better. And you see some quarterbacks that can make guys better. But you have to put the pieces around him that, you know, that take advantage of his skill set. And I think we're starting to do that. But absent anybody that can get down the field for him, everything, the field is condensed. It's almost like we're playing in the, in the red zone all the time, you know, the way d defenses play is because they're not worried about the deep threat because we don't have anybody there. But Tua is better served. And we've talked about it before on the short passes here and there, dink and dunk that has happened, and then maybe hopefully take a shot. But who do we have to take a shot with? Well, Waddle, right? In theory. Well, in theory, and, I mean, and, you and think Kisiki that, but we don't. We don't see degree. it in, in in the play in the scheme. Right. But it, it, so that's what I was going to ask: is that scheme? Is that skill set of the guys that are out there? Is that? that well, Travis you, saw him in training camp. Was Waddle getting deep 
training camp? There wasn't much of it. Wasn't much no, deep it, there it, either? It was, okay. it was more Jakeem. Uh, even Isaiah Ford was going deep, and okay. Albert Wilson was okay. living deep. So it's what they're asking Waddle him to was, do. was more intermediate. And I thought my thought was they're just not showing this yet. They're going to build that into the rookie's repertoire, right? Yeah. But it hasn't been the case so far. And you also need time, don't you, Juice? You need 100%. a little extra time to yeah. get downfield like that? We you saw do. that on Matt Ryan's long you touchdown do. pass. He had all day to survey that thing. Yeah, you do. And a lot of times you go with some type of max protection. But we're so worried about, you know, for one, protecting Tua. Two, we haven't been able to protect anybody. Right. So three, you have to keep it kind of short and sweet at times. And I think that's why, you know, you don't have to, we don't have time for any double moves. Whatever. All our, even our takeoffs, even the one that Gasicki was was pretty quick. It wasn't even like yeah. you gave him time to run down the field. So uh, you're right about that. We're, our MO, though, and it's probably going to be this way for a while until we get some guys up there that can protect, is going to be quick game when it comes to passing, you know, or play 100%. action or some way of, of tricking somebody into thinking that it's something else. So it's, we're not going to be able to just drop back five, seven-step drop or from – you know, from shotgun, two or three more steps back and launch it 56 yards down. Yeah, let me also say this, though. 413 yards, total yards of net offense, right? 413 total yards, and and he scored 28 points. So, at some point you got to stop somebody, too, right? I mean, yeah. this and particularly That's a team That's that is that, that the defense was supposed to be their bread and butter, and you can't give up 30 points a game and expect to win a bunch of How games. many yards did you say? 413? That's it, right? 413 total net yards. So last week was 431, and that was the fifth most over the last five years, and they almost matched that again. I would love to know when the last time this team had back-to-back 400-yard <laughs> games. Somebody get Brett on the phone. It's, <laughs> been, it's been at least five years. There's no Somebody doubt about that. Brett, so Brett, that's, that's something to think about. And Juice, kind of to your point that you talked about, like, building around this guy, I think you have to recognize what he is. You have to appreciate him for what he is, right? You right. talk about the, the, the big moments in the fourth quarter, the quick release, the accuracy, the things that he does well. He showed you he can go off script and run the football today. He, I thought he showed that to you his entire career, but I think you have to recognize that in the current NFL landscape, there are going to be quarterbacks like a Josh Allen, like a Patrick Mahomes, who can whip that thing regardless of how they're standing or where their feet are or what kind of platform they throw from, and they can make impressive highlight throws that wind up on ESPN on social media and gets everybody excited, right? But those plays are like three or four plays a game tops. The real quarterbacks that win in this league, like a Drew Brees or a Matt Ryan for a long time, are guys that can sit back there and recognize the defense, tell you the pre the post-snap rotation based upon the pre-snap read, and make it go. And I think two was very good in that area. So maybe you have to build around him just a smidge more than those physically slightly more talented quarterbacks. But every quarterback in this league has to be supported. Look at Patrick Mahomes in the right. Super Bowl last year. He had His offensive line was wiped out, and he couldn't do a dang thing, Juice. Right, right. I mean, it's all about that. I mean, that's obviously a cliche, but it's the ultimate team sport. You know, so if you got a guy that does some things well, you have to surround him with guys that – that accent what he does and you know and, and protect him as well and I think Tua is coming along he really is man and you know unfortunately he's going to be compared to some other guys in their right. numbers it's always the way it is it's like we saw some people comparing Waddle's numbers to Jamar Chase and Pitt's numbers yeah. you know it's it's unfair comparison I think it's apples to oranges it in is. a lot of it, cases it really it. is it really is and it depends on you know the systems you're in and you know your quarterback and things like that but for the most part Tua is who Tua is, and I think he's going to get better. And if he continues to – all right, we talked about the intercepts. If he continues to be as consistent with his throwing and accurate with his throwing and getting the ball to the guys like he's supposed to, it's going to turn into success. The turnovers are what killed us. Yeah, and and maybe we – you know, if we can start to protect him a little bit better where he's not under duress and you can sit back there in a clean pocket and make those throws, maybe you see less of those mistakes. And I'll tell you what, as I'm sitting here looking at the final team book, guys, I had my little pity party early on, 
and we focused a lot on that second quarter. And golly, that second quarter is going to haunt me for a long time. And the turnovers. But the reality is, like I said, 413 yards of offense. Tua throws for four touchdowns, almost 300 yards. He has over a 100 quarterback rating, even with the two, mm-hmm. the two turnovers. You can't give up 30 points. Wow. You can't do it. So, so, I mean, what more can you – he had 132 right. yards rushing, right? We, the, the, the running offense got killed last week right. because, it, whatever, they had 30-something yards. He had 132 yards rushing, almost 300 yards passing. Maybe stop somebody when you need to stop them. I'm yeah. totally changing my tune. Yeah. Let's throw that whole – you know what I want to do? Can we throw the whole first hour out? Because the more I'm looking I at this – thought it was a great hour. You did it. Well, it was a good hour, but the, the, the reality <laughs> is if you're a young quarterback – can overcome those mistakes, can overcome all that nonsense all week and still stand tall in there and drive you down the field to score twice in the fourth quarter, I time. think you're getting what you yeah. need there. Yeah, like that's I said, it, two is not the problem right now. Yes. No, I you think know, you're right. I think that's right. He's not the problem right and now. Right. You guys talk about you know, needing big to score a lot of points. I, I'm, yeah. I'm standing up. I put I like my big that. boy diapers on. I like on. that. You, you talk about needing to score points. Next week is going to be a huge test because in a place where we don't win games very often, it's in a place where we get blown out a lot. Yeah, and this team a big is difficult. League. Buffalo Bills on Ooh. the horizon. I got one more point here before we go to break. And Juice, you mentioned this earlier about Tua being used to this moment in the spotlight and the big stage. I, I can weigh in on this because I once interviewed a former GA at Bama who was there with Tua and Nick Saban leading up to the 2020 draft. And he said going into that 2018 season after Tua came off the bench and rescued the national championship game, it was a, competi- a quarterback competition with he and Jalen Hurts, right? And Nick Saban, the famous, I'm not going to tell you, so quit asking. During that time, he said every practice, every rep, every meeting, everybody out there knew Tua was the better quarterback, but because of Jalen Hurts' history with the Bama program, that they were going to give him every chance they had, and Tua just answered every every call, every you know bell that he needed to answer. He was there and up for it. So I, I glad you me- I'm glad you mentioned that, and I thought I could give some insight to that as well as far as how he kind of approaches and deals with some of the adversity and just things that come with the football game. So we'll talk more about that on the other side of the, of the show here. Get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars Coconut Creek or online at GuntherVolvoCars.net. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther again. Again, the final score, 30-28. Falcons take this one. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. We're going to get to the scores around the National Football League here, the week number seven action. Throw the music up, guys. Let's go ahead and run through this real quick. It started off on Thursday night in Cleveland, where every running back they have produces. The Browns take on the Broncos 17-14. Green Bay takes out Washington 24-10. Aaron Rodgers and company improves to 6-1 on the season. The Titans knock down the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3. Patrick Mahomes gets injured, exits that game. Ryan Tannehill has the Titans at 5-2. The Patriots take out the Jets 54-13. The Giants 25-3 over the Panthers. The Bengals 41-17, holding Lamar Jackson to less than 50% passing, and Jamar Chase goes absolutely nuts. Current games going on right now. The Raiders 24-7 over the Eagles. The Lions are a point behind the Rams, 17-16 in that one, middle of third quarter. The Cardinals up 17-5 on the Texans at halftime, and the Bucks are rolling 34-3 over the Bears, now 35-3 in the second quarter there. Tonight we have the Colts at the 49ers, and then Monday night football, Saints at Seahawks. Those are your Week 7 scores, guys. Where do you want to pick this up right now? Because we talked a little bit about two in the last last segment. How about some guys that kind of caught your eye today as far as impressive performances go? We talked about Javon Holland. We've talked about Mike Kosicki, Jalen Waddell. 
we haven't given out game balls in like almost two months know, now right? at this point, guys. I, I would love to give them out. Don't we're not, do it. We're not going to do it mm-hmm. because we didn't win the football game. But, Juice, who caught your eye today as far as some guys that played well that we haven't kind of talked about already? Well, let's just talk about how nice it was. We didn't hear Byron Jones' name called it all today. Thought he had a heck of a day, you know, in coverage. Didn't make very many tackles. was always good for your cornerback. You know, X made some plays. He had, the you know, the touchdown over and then a big play down the sideline. We talked a little bit about Javon Holland in the secondary. What I'm still missing is guys, you know, tackling guys for losses for most part. So the guys up front, I'm still not seeing what I need to hear, you know, seeing what I need to see. You know, I th- we, we got a Cordero Patterson. I know he's a tough guy to figure out what he does, but he's still dragging us for a couple yards and getting first downs on us. You know, whereas we get our guys get hit. I know we're smaller than a lot of those guys, and we're, we're down. You know, we're not getting those extra tough yards. So I'd like to see our front guys, and I know Bake, we talked about Bake getting hurt a little bit, um, and, and Sam – Aguavin, is a Guavin for you, Sam? So what is for you? What is it for you, Sam? Aguavon, Aguavon for yeah. Aguavon for Sam. Yeah. Nailed it. It's right. For him, yeah. if you go on the Aguavon, Dolphins media Aguavon website, for Sam. I mean for <laughs> Sam. But yeah, but but the defense in general, man. I thought the offense did some things that were impressive, but I, I need my defense. No matter what the offense does, sudden change, get in there and get it back for us. Then you know that's what that's what Atlanta did against us. Yeah, we took it. They took it right back. Yeah, you know. Or if we do this sudden change, get a stop. You know, you know, turn it over, get a stop. Don't let them go right down the field on us. Things like that. Our team is built to play great defense. Yep. We're not playing great defense. We can talk all we want about the offensive guys and Tua and all this other stuff. Our defense is not the defense we expected to see this year, and that's been a big problem for us. Seth, anybody you want to talk about? Well, Juice just messed me up in all kinds of ways because outside of the three guys you said we did talk about with Kasicki <laughs> and Waddle, right? And, and, you know, we talked a lot about Tua. There were only a handful of guys, and Juice hit like six of them. <laughs> so he kind of took everybody from me. And then what he really Typical messed me up receiver. is I was going to say – I kind of like the way Christian Wilkins played today, yeah. but you said you needed more from the guys up front, so I'm just completely so, so messed one, up it's over it's the It's one second. guy. It's yeah. one guy. Yeah, yeah, Raekwon had a big penalty. Raekwon had a huge penalty. He did. You know I mean? And it was so. a shame because I saw some good things from yeah. him, but again, we talk about, you know, if we're going to get on the quarterback or whoever for making those penalties, you can't go slap a guy upside the head. And we know Raekwon likes to put his hands on people, right. but you can't hit the quarterback, especially Messi, not Matt the Matt Ryan. Ryans who are going right. to get every single call. Um, but Christian Wilkins, and I know you've talked about it a lot on Goodness. drive time. He had just – Good player. You know, there's been a lot of talk about draft picks uh, for, for this organization. There's certainly a lot of talk about the people in the personnel department, a lot of things that are being written about these guys. Christian Wilkins is a first-round draft pick that because he's not in a flashy position right. where there's not a lot of conversation about him, but he is just dominating people up front. And throwing guys around, he is getting tackles for losses. He is hitting the quarterback. You're getting more pressure on the quarterback from him than you'd probably expect to see. So I, I like what you see from him there. But to your point, Juice, you just need more. It has to be consistent, and it certainly has to happen in, in the most important times. And we heard that from Coach Flores. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Christian. I was going to give you a chance to possibly weigh in on the Christian Wilkins debate that happens in the press box with me and, and one particular Dolphins beat writer every single Sunday. Do you, do you have any thoughts that you wanted to get to on that, or are you good? Uh, <laughs> no, I, look, I think mean, he's a good football player. We've talked about some maturity things. Juice and I have talked about some maturity things, and, 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 and it seems like Christian sometimes pushes the envelope there with some things that maybe some taunting that doesn't get caught. He likes to be silly. He seems like a fun guy to be around. And, and maybe some of that stuff needs to get cleaned up. You just got to go out there and continue to ball. But, man, that's a big, physical, strong, athletic dude. And he makes plays up front. 
but there just aren't enough plays overall from the defense right now. So six total tackles today from him. He leads his entire draft class as far as interior defensive linemen go with tackles by like 30 over the course of their three-year career. That's a big number. Yeah. He's top 10 right now in, among interior defensive linemen and tackles. He's top five in run-stop win percentage rate coming into today, which I imagine got better because he played another good game. He added the pass rush production, sack fumble last week. Juice, one of the things I see about Christian Wilkins this year that I, I thought has come a long way for him, I thought from year one to year two, his conditioning got really good or better, I should say. I thought year two to year three, the hands. I see him swiping dudes, arm over. He's yeah. locking out and peeking and getting behind that block. He just looks like a heck of a player to me right now. Yeah, and that's important. You know, you want to see how you improve. You know, he got away, not necessarily got away, but maybe his athleticism and size, you know, was made, made him so successful in college, you know, but at, at the next level, a lot of really good players, so you got to do something else to make yourself better. Kind of think about basketball players, how they you know work on their foul shooting or, or the range in basketball for three-point range to get a little bit better you know, year in, year out. And I think that's one thing that Christian's done. Coming down here in Miami, if you're not in shape, you won't, you, you won't be able to play, <laughs> period. You know? So you you got to be able to go four quarters and four quarters strong, and that conditioning is, is huge that way. And I see a lot of guys now, man. It's a whole different ball game compared to, obviously, when I played – where conditioning and nutrition and, you know, they've got their own chefs and things like that. I don't know if he does or not. I know they do a great job of cooking over at the facility. So if you want to eat three really solid meals, you've got an opportunity to go to the facility. You know, and it's, if it's healthy stuff as well if you want it. So whatever you want in terms of your diet and nutrition is, is great. And so I do see him growing up a little bit. Some things we still got to tighten up like Seth talked about. But when it comes to that, when it comes to making plays, when it comes to just energy – you know, he, he still got it. You know, he still got it. He plays most of the downs out there. The difficult part, Juice, is when they bring out the chicken and rice and put it next to the pepperoni pizza. Mm. I'd never make the right decision. I'm 0 for my life. That's not even that. right right there. That's, <laughs> it's, that's, that's it's wrong, brutal. wrong. And it's next to the candy drawer where all the Snickers are, too, so I'm a mess when it comes to my nutrition mm. right now. A couple other guys I wanted to mention, Emmanuel Ogbaugh, sack fumble, pass breakup, Xavier Howard, three passes defense, and the pick. So that pick a lot was of, incredible. Lot of guys, that was a phenomenal play. It's shame we're not even Howard. talking about it. It's yeah. the first time it's been mentioned. But that yeah. that's the play when you look back and say, why does this guy have more interceptions than anybody else? and whatever that time period is. Why is this guy ranked 17th overall in the entire league? Why You know, it, it's plays like that. Yeah. The ball just sticks to him. It's yeah. Those usually hit the ground, don't they? Yeah, he's uncanny. That's what I got. He's uncanny. Yeah. Let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami. WPOWHD2 Miami. WKIS. WKIS HD1 and WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Mabine Accident Attorneys. <laughs> We're with you guys for one more segment, then we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars Delray Beach or online at GuntherVolvo.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score, 30-28. Falcons take this one. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Highlight real plays. There's nothing quite like Dolphins football, and this season you can be there live to cheer them on. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has you covered with the largest selection of seats for any budget. Get off the couch and into the stands. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. And so, guys, final thoughts here on this game. Dolphins fall 30-28. to They had this thing in the bag towards the right, right towards the very end, and it just slipped out of their grasp. But in this game, you know, Seth, you talked about some of the numbers in this game. Miami... Gets more total yards than Atlanta, more 
rushing yards than Atlanta has. Let's see, same amount Time of turnovers, possession. better top. They had more penalties, double the penalties of the Falcons. That's kind of become that's the thing, right? On the radar, Critical right? mistakes, yeah. the, the turnovers, the penalties. I mean, that's the issue. Seven for eleven on third down. I yeah. mean, let's talk. Let's talk <laughs> about third downs real quick. As Tua comes into the lineup, this was a team that was converting maybe 30% of their third downs. That's a random stat I just pulled out. But <laughs> 7 for 11 this week. I think random it was 9 for 17 guy. last week. I mean, that, that's juice. That's, yeah. Isn't that where you evaluate a quarterback? You were about to say that's yeah. winning football, weren't you? <laughs> can't, can't quite go there. But no, I, sure I just wanted can't. to say, because, you know, every scout I've ever tried to learn from says that when you evaluate a quarterback, the first thing you put on is the third and six plus reel, right? Right, right. And, and he's making plays in those situations. I didn't mean to go back to two on this, but I, it stood out to me on the stats there, and I, I guess we're here again. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's what you want to see. And, and let's be honest, we've talked about the whole show. You know, no matter how – well, he did on those certain plays, and yep. his, his turnovers were the difference maker in this game. Yeah. You know, and that's Absolutely. that's the difference right there. You know, you convert a third down, you know, you're still driving down the field, you can convert another third down, then you make a bad choice or decision on first down or second yep. down. And that's those are the ones that have to be eliminated. You know, I get it when you're trying to make a play on third or fourth down, trying to make a play, but when you've got a chance to tee it up again, We've got to have the wherewithal to tee it up again and give our test, ourselves an opportunity to go make a play. That's exactly right. And I can't wait to see this thing on the All-22 and break it down all week long on the Drive Time podcast. The All-22 podcast will be out for you guys on Tuesday on the Miami Dolphins podcast network, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, you can hear me and my annoying voice five days a week. Seth, what's coming up on the, po- on the uh, fish tank this week? Well, so we've got a guy, again, not a name that is a household name in uh, Dolphins Nation, but Jay Williams was a defensive end here, spent the final three years of his career here in Miami. A hilarious guy, just a great dude, a, uh, a firearms enthusiast. He <laughs> oh was pranked on the Jamie Kennedy experiment by JT and Atawale Agunlio, which is great video, and uh, Jay was just a lot of fun to have in the tank. Juice, you know, you, you talked about uh, having Jason Jackson on last week, and then or Jason Jackson was the prior week, ago, yeah. and yeah. then we had um, help me out, I'm drawing a blank. James McKnight. James yeah. McKnight. God, I knew it was coming mm-hmm. to be in there. Great somewhere. episode. If people want to listen to that, especially I know Travis, you love to to think back to the days of the the, the early <laughs> 2000s, and and he was very honest about some frustrations he had in the in the Dave Wanstead North Turner offense. Talked about some personal uh, things he had to overcome, and addiction, and so on and so forth. So again. Not a guy whose name is in the in the uh, uh, on the Walk of Fame like OJ's is, but at the same time, some really great storytelling. I mean, how sad is it that I tell you guys my golden era was the early 2000s when I think there was like two playoff appearances in there right. and one one playoff win. But I digress. Juice, what, anything come up on the podcast network this week you're looking forward to on Fish Tank? No, we've actually got a couple more guys we're going to have ready for you in the next couple of weeks, though, man. It's been hard to nail some guys down, but some guys are out of town. Uh, we like grabbing a few guys that their names are mentioned quite a bit. We've actually been able to track down Matt Roth. We're going to get that taken care of at some point. Oh, I hope so. We man. got. A, oh, you have to do that. We're going to try to get my boy <laughs> T Buck in the in the tank as well. So we got some guys that are that are that are, and more importantly, Travis. People are so excited to get in because they. They want to rebut anything anybody else has said, so it's going to be fun. The, the more episodes you get, the more you can kind of go after guys like that and get more context behind every single story, so I can't wait for it. Seth, I want to give you a, a quick round of applause real quick. We haven't heard about the Buffalo game at all this week. No turn of the page right away. <laughs> I just I, I have to accept that, right? I, well, I, you know, that ship has sailed. I, I, I tried to use that technique a few weeks ago, not just for us, but hoping that's what those guys would do in the locker room. But at this point, it's like you just got to find a way to win. 
They have to find a way to win to break this losing streak because six straight games, I mean, they have to be absolutely miserable right now, Juice. You, you know, if Dolphin fans think that they're miserable, I know we think that we're miserable right now. Those guys in that locker room, coaches, players, equipment guys, trainers, that's got to be a tough place to go to work every day, and they have to figure it out themselves. And, yeah. and, I, and I really hope they do because – Today was a. They played better football today, and I think we heard that. By the way, I think we heard that in in Brian Flores's voice, and Tua's in Tua's voice. was and losing streak and having to fly nine hours up and back and all of that and so those guys were devastated after that loss this loss they're angry yeah this yeah. loss they're angry juice that's what I, that's what i sensed you know i i shouldn't put words in anybody's mouth but those guys know they played better football and uh, probably coached a better game and and i hope that they can start to put it together yeah. and, and go on a winning streak in the way they've they've had this and most streak. nfl games come down to those possessions at the end you yeah. know what i mean and they know that they have to get better at those possessions at the end whether it's offense or defense i know offense will down there and score but defense has to go down there and do the same thing so you know when you look at the, the three previous games the colts game you know the bucks game and of course jacksonville game those are just not very well played period but right. this game was played well enough to win if you go out there and do what you're supposed to do, especially late in the game. If there's one silver line the rest of the way, you don't have to worry about rooting for draft results against your own team. The Dolphins don't have their own first-round pick. They have the <laughs> Niners' first-round pick, so you can root for wins and not feel guilty about it at all in that regard. <laughs> That's going to be the end of our show today, guys. Thanks to our executive producer <laughs> and our booth producer, Alejandro Solana, our studio producers, Robert Grieper and Matthew Wilson. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray. Our post-game engineer was Steph, Steph the Specialist. Steph. For O.J. McDuffie and Seth Levitt, I am Travis Wingfield. Field. The final score of today's game, 30-28 Atlanta wins. Dolphins football is going to be back on the air next week, Sunday, week number eight. The Dolphins will be in Buffalo to play the Bills. Kickoff is at 1 p.m. This has been the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 